Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one vibrant page of Talmud every day. And today's pages, Yitin 3 and 4, take us right in to kind of, again, a profound question about intent. Have a listen. But rather, asks the Talmud, you can say that the Mishnah is in accordance with the opinion of Rabbi Meir, and when Rabbi Meir does not require that the writing must be for her sake, he meant by Torah law, whereas by rabbinic law, he does require that the writing must be for her sake. We will explain this shortly. However, get this, the Gemara raises a difficulty against this explanation as well. But didn't Rav Nachman say that Rabbi Meir would say, a bill of divorce need not be written for her sake. And even if a husband found a bill of divorce in the garbage and the names of the man and woman in the bill of divorce are the same as his name and that of his wife, and he signed it and gave it to his wife, it is a valid bill of divorce. The Talmud asks the question, suppose, and by the way, if you're still not convinced that the Talmud's an amazing freaking book, here is your proof. Suppose uh, you kind of wanted to divorce your wife and you were just walking one day and came across a garbage can and in the garbage can, for some reason, you looked in and you found a bill of divorce. It was already preset. And for some reason, the names on this bill of divorce were exactly the names of you and your wife. Can you then just go out, give this bill of divorce to your wife and say, here, this is your get, this is your bill of divorce? Or does the bill of divorce have to be written specifically with that specific woman in mind, with a specific man in mind, with the intentionality that you're really preparing it for this person? Uh, this is a mighty, mighty question. And therefore, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show, a mighty, mighty <laughs> Talmudic scholar. Oh, he is, sure. He is an actor, he is a podcaster, and he is, as of this week, the new host of our other, other podcast, Unorthodox. I'm wearing the hat. It's Joshua official. Molina, welcome. Thank you for having me. And I love the, it's like the premise of a uh, Jewish Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> you come <laughs> upon a get or a bill right. of divorce. How, how did it get name. to my, how did yeah. it get to my garbage? Exactly. <laughs> but the reason that I'm really excited, well, I'm always excited to talk to you, but the reason I'm really excited to talk to you about this particular question is that it kind of made me think about a question that I always had in mind in regards to actors, which is kind of along the same lines of, of what the Talmud is asking today, when you get a script, is it sort of like, hey, you know, I found this, someone gave it to me, I'm just going to read it and embody this character and it's fine? Or do you feel the need for particular intentionality in which you do this process that we sometimes see on, uh, you know, in movies about acting in which you say, what's my motivation? What's my character's back history? Do you really need to embody a character? Yeah, I'm Which the is, first guy. You're the first guy. <laughs> yeah. Tell me. Um, well, I mean, I've, I've worked with lots of actors who say things like, my character wouldn't say this. And uh, <laughs> my understanding of the job is, this is what your character says. Right. <laughs> so you have to make it work. So I'm text first, and that may be a Jewish approach to things. But yeah, I'm not a big backstory guy. Also, maybe because I've worked a lot for Aaron Sorkin. And at the opening night party for the tour of A Few Good Men, one of the actors, we had been drinking and enjoying ourselves and celebrating ourselves. And one of the actors said, do you want to hear Colonel Jessup's favorite joke? And Aaron said, if Colonel Jessup had a favorite joke, it would be in the script. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. And that was the end, of the, the, that was was the, end of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. So let me see, how does this transfer to the divorce uh, certificate? Yeah, I think you got to make it work. Although, I mean, but I've also been taught as a Jew that kavanah and intention are everything, are important.
But you raise such an interesting question. First of all, I've I've never thought of the Jewish approach to acting as as sort of being a text. It's, it makes perfect sense. And I think what I'm hearing you arguing is that Kavanaugh actually sort of comes from the text and not vice versa. Rather, and, and this is what Rabbi Meir is arguing in the Talmud today. Say, look, if you already have a bill of divorce and the names are on it, if you read the text, that's all the intentionality that you need. You don't have to sit there, you know, with your pen, close your eyes, be like, yes, Barbara, I am thinking about you as I'm writing this bill, right? I mean, it's I here. Think so. I think I think that's my inclination. Huh. Uh, do you have any recollection from your story? Because you really have been in some of the absolute greatest things produced and, and put on, on film and if on TV. If you look closely at my IMDb page, I've also been in some terrible things. <laughs> Uh, you take what you get I, at I, my level. I will be. I've been very lucky, though. I will I've be been... very gracious and not ask you about some of what you <laughs> yeah. think are the. Uh, no, I'm too things, diplomatic but, to list them myself. But can you recall an example in which you received a script, maybe from Aaron Sorkin, maybe from someone else, and you look at it, and all of a sudden you feel like, oh my lord, I am so here. I am so present. This is so. I, I understand all the spiritual, emotional, intellectual meanings of this just by reading it. Yeah, I think I feel that often with great writing. And I've been lucky to have my share. And so Aaron Sorkin's stuff, uh, the play that I'm in now, Leopoldstadt, even though I have many differences from the character I play, I feel like I understood his struggle with identity upon reading it. I felt like it was all there. And with really good writing, the intentionality is in the writing, and the actor mainly has to stay out of the way of gilding the lily too much and just put the words forth, and it makes you look like a better actor than you are. (laughs) I, I I want to give you a bit of a hard time on this because you are a famously passionate yid. Sure. Uh, your you know your your Twitter handle is Jew, which I absolutely love and subtle. And, yeah, wish I had uh, stolen first. And the character Herman Mertz is a person who converted to Christianity and and sets much store by seeming to be not anymore a member of this benighted little minority. And so you say that the just get out of the way, read the text, and and it sounds great. But when you step on stage, maybe for the first time or even read it for the first time, is there not a moment in which you think like, huh, why, why would he think that? Or, huh, he, you know, yeah, that worked out really well for Viennese Jews in the end. How does this sort of emotional moment of reconciliation happen? Or does it not happen at all? These are good questions. Um, I, yeah, I would, I'm sure I wasn't hit upon first reading because there's a lot going on. The writing is very layered by Tom Stoppard. So I feel like every time I'm, I've now done the play, I don't know, 70 or 80 performances, and I still feel like I find new stuff every time I do the play. But I felt the central premise and his dilemma was at least hooked me in from the first reading and that it was something that I needed to explore, as he does. I mean, he has converted to Catholicism prior to the play's opening as a way, as a means of upward mobility in Vienna. He's well-to-do. He can rise further, at least in the cultural milieu of Vienna, if he's converted. But it's not that he places no store in his Judaism or his family's Judaism. He reveals later in the play an anecdote about his grandfather being humiliated for being Jewish. And I think it was a question of which way he would go. Do you fight it tooth and nail? Or do you sort of sublimate your Jewishness in order not to experience that same humiliation? And whatever it is he wants or believes, it's going to be made clear to him over the course of the play that however he views himself in the eyes of most Gentiles in Vienna, he's a Jew and there's no escaping it. And kind of an amazing way, the text of the play, which is really a stupendous, like totally great play, 
does exactly that, right? I mean, it's akin to that bill of divorce in the garbage we were talking about earlier. It's all here, and you could pack so much of these emotional subtleties, even if you know the quote-unquote end of the story, you Mm -hmm. know how it ended for these Viennese Jews, just to see it unfold allows you to unlock your own sense of kavanav, of intentionality and and meaning from reading these words. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I hope hope the audience uh, leaves. I mean, it's not just geared towards a Jewish audience, but I've spoken to many Jewish people who are in the audience who left wanting to explore their own families and their own Jewish identities a little bit more closely. And I think that's a, an excellent thing. Amen, Salah. Reb Joshua Molina, thank you for being our guest. Thank you for joining us as a co-host. And welcome to the Mishpocha. Thank you. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you're going to enjoy our brand new Take One newsletter even more. Each week, you'll get an extra shot of Talmudic wisdom straight to your inbox. And for those who sign up before Tractate Gittin ends, we'll be raffling off some Take One swag. So make sure to subscribe at tabletm.ag slash Take One Newsletter. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts, and you could get your Take One t-shirts, mugs, and other amazing form of swag at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruske, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramuccia, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at Take One Dafiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. <laughs>